this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Na 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 na. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to week 13 of Pink Locker Room Talk. Coming to you on the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week from Studio A here in Chicago, Illinois. I am angry, John. What's going on? I am is angry. The... What is going on? Uh, you're surprisingly chipper on the intro. You know, I tried to force it, but it's my heart's not into it. I Yeah, I could tell. Iowa football is... We have a special guest. Yes, that actually, the only reason that I could be chipper <laughs> on the beginning of this is our special guest. I got you a Christmas present, right? <laughs> He did. Yeah. Uh, joining us very soon here in the podcast, the one, the only, the legend, Mr. Ron Calusi, former Iowa punter, coming to us on the pod. That is correct. Later this hour. Excited to talk to him. We have a lot of stuff to ask him, uh, both football related and not. It is Nebraska week. We cannot. I know you're down. I'm down. However, there is a trophy to be won. We have another podcast update. Update mm-hmm. the T-shirt giveaway. We have a leader in the clubhouse. We with, do with an insult, right? I like it. He basically said that it's a really cheesy podcast, but it's uh, more fun than the other cheesy Iowa podcast. Well, he's not wrong. Five stars. Not wrong. Five <laughs> stars. I'll take it. Give us five stars. So he is the leader in the clubhouse. There's one more week left to claim your free T-shirt. So go to iTunes, download, subscribe, write a review. You were entered to, for win a free T-shirt. Put a joke in the review, a pun, make fun of me, Rick, Iowa, Kirk Ferentz, whatever. All of the above. Anything you want. Yes. Do you want to have a cheers? Are you up for a cheers? I'm up for a cheers. Okay. First, I would like to cheers. This is our weekly why we want to cheers to Josie Jewell. <laughs> Always good reason. 13 tackles, 13 two, tackles. two and a half sacks, a bunch of tackles for loss. I almost never watch games like, to this weekend I watch the game by myself at my apartment. I just watch it. I'm always at bars or at the game. And so this week was different so I could actually hear what the announcers were saying and I wasn't just cruising through highlights. Found out that Josie's mother, Rosie Jewell. Grandmother. Grandmother, I'm sorry. 91 years old. Went to her first game at Kinnick this weekend to watch... Uh, for senior day, and Josie apparently, when he was in high school, he would go to her house every day and cook her eggs in the morning. It's amazing. The He's guy, just the just the man, and they kept showing her, and she was cheered, and she was all oh, I didn't get to see her. I was, was at great. the game. Was I was great. also bundled up at the game. He, he's just such a throwback. Did you see his quote in the ESPN article? I about little, yeah about be working on the farm. Tell me, he said in your daily job, you have to go to work. You can't skip days. If you skip days on the farm, animals die. Get off my lawn. You're just old school. That's a 22-year-old kid, right? 23, whatever he is. Relative to that, the Buckus Award. Oh, my God. What are we doing, Rick, with it? Buckus Award given to the best linebacker in college football this year. They announced the finalists, I think, yesterday. And who wasn't mentioned on the Buckus Award finalists? Josie Jewell. This is absolute robbery. Chad Greenway, Pat Anger both got on Twitter and lost their collective shit over this. I was furious. It's nuts. He, okay. I, everybody gives me shit for getting too far into the stats, and I like stats. He has 21 more tackles than anybody on the list of five. It wasn't two or three linebackers nominated. Five linebackers, 20 more tackles than any of them. Yep. And he missed a game. Okay. He also had more tackles for loss than any of them. Not some of them. All of them. I don't get it. Like, how do you justify that? I don't get it. 
Does this mean he can't be an All-American? Like, can you not be a first-team All-American? I don't think so. I think he could still be. I, I would hope so. Still be a first-team All-American. I think the Buckus Award has their head up their ass. I think Joseph Jewell was nominated. I don't remember what the name of the award is, but he's nominated for like the best defensive player in the entire country. <laughs> but he's not nominated for the Buckus Award given to the five best, best linebacker. linebackers. I never even heard of a couple of these guys. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Buckus Bullshit. Award. Get in the locker. Get in the locker. Yes. <laughs> the Buckus Award, and I liked it, Buckus. Yeah, but the, screw him in his this award. Is unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think he has input on this? Is he okay with no. this Dick Butkus? No, I don't think he, he can. Can we get okay him on the this. podcast? Can It'd we, be great. I got. We got a problem here. This is the part where we would normally talk about the offense and the defense, but I want to mention one thing before that: the environment and the general lack of energy. And Kiddick last weekend. Yes, it was empty. It was freezing cold. It was miserable. The wind was real. Uh, it was silent. Silent. The whole game. It was uh, like I've never seen silent in Kinnick. So I said to the group I was with, about five or six people, that you could look on the sidelines during warm-up and everything Purdue was doing was at one and a half times speed that Iowa was doing it. Like before the game even it started. It had the feeling before we, the And I just started. looked at them and I was like, you, you, this is not good. Yeah. This is going to be an awful game to watch. And we might win it, but, you know. And it was just, Stanley admitted it. Nate Stanley said mm-hmm. it seemed like Purdue played harder than we did yep. today. Right. A bunch of players came out and said stuff like that. Lack of focus. They tried harder. They yeah. wanted it more than we did. That's, that's something wrong with the coaching. Yeah, well, they look like zombies. Yeah. Sucks. They didn't play well. It's a bad environment. They weren't ready to go. It's disappointing. Do you want to talk about anything specifically about the offense? Like, do you have any, or just... I mean, general? beating your head against the wall is kind of what comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, they ran uh, that stretch play or the outside zone or whatever you want to call it to the short side of the field four times in a row, which was just all checked out. They had I'm lo- starting to think they only have one check down. It's just that play. Like, they, they, they there's no other audibles. There's one. Zero, zero screens, screens zero weird. screens. The why screens don't they work? Why and they had a lot of success passing on first down. Yeah. Why didn't they continue to pass on first down? Somebody else on Twitter, I don't know who said maybe it was Miller or Morehouse. Somebody said at the beginning of the year we were talking about having Butler and Wadley on the field at the same time. Where was that, that whole thing? We never saw that. And Wadley too is also. I think I'm going to put that on the. I mean, this is the theme of this podcast for me is going to be me getting angry at the coaching staff because Wadley has a talent that you don't you haven't seen an Iowa running back have. I'm going to even include Sean Green. I think Sean Green was a better running back, but I think Akram Wadley was more versatile and could do more, and they have not used him in a way that maximizes his skills and abilities. Well, but they also haven't blocked anybody. Yeah, but they haven't done anything. They haven't blocked anybody. No, but they could have moved him out to the slot more. Our receivers aren't getting any separation. The only receivers we really seem to be having on our team are tight ends and Nick Easley. <laughs> so crappy. I think it's because you're not drinking. I mean, uh, you're having water. No, I also had, I worked both days this weekend, so I'm not. You're, you're making me not want to do this podcast with you right now. There's, you know what, I, I was just thinking there's like a negative. You're just horrible there's... right now. You're so, you're so angry. It was funny too, is I'm like sitting I come I, over I, here, I have t-shirts, <laughs> I have Rod Kaluzzi. You brought me a nice I'm, Christmas I'm like, I'm like fucking Santa like... Claus over here. <laughs> and you, you're just ripping everything to shreds because we lost one meaningless game to fucking Purdue. We're going to go to the same bowl anyway. It's not even going to matter. Jeff Brom out coach Kirk Ferentz. Holy shit. Big surprise. <laughs> who cares? Can we? Who cares? It's funny. Before, right before John said this, there was a noticeable like sadness in the room. <laughs> I think we talked about the offense. <laughs> I think the offense has been covered. Uh, what about uh, the, the defense? Maybe shout out to Nathan Budgeto, who's playing on senior day. Safety was great. Josie, obviously, thirteen tackles. They. Josh Jackson almost uh, picked that ball off in the end zone. He, had, he almost had the one handed. Same type of pick he had at Ohio State. They couldn't really do anything to Josh Jackson. Jeff Brom exploiting that matchup won them the game. 
Yes. Two plays. Six straight, six straight plays. One, two huge plays. Yep. Right, and then two touchdowns they got out of that. So, you know, an ability to adjust, I would say. They, they made the adjustment, and they put Josh Jackson on that kid eventually. After two After scores. two touchdowns, and they, you know. Back to Brom, we talked about how uh, the whole time we're sitting in the stands, there were times where he could have kicked a field goal, and he was making decisions where I was like, man, I, this is a weird decision by Brom. And my buddy was sitting there, and he's like, hey, this guy knows that we can't score. Yeah. So he's making every decision. He like Kirk Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz. Like what Vint was talking about from the Minnesota game, and he's like, oh, they're not going to be able to score, so we're just going to get 12 points, and we're going to ride this out. Yeah, no, and Brom just went back to the well, right? He saw something, and he did something different. And they asked him, he said, we found a matchup, we were aggressive with it, it worked. And then they asked him if he could ever recall doing something like that before, and he said no. So in the middle of the game, he saw something, and he just tried it. Took advantage And it worked, and he just kept doing it until... Right. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Matt Hankins, he's going to start. First on the two deeps this week. Because they went six being in backed a row backed up Manny. by Manny Regumba. And Manny and OJ both were bad. Got smoked. Um, and then finally, and Hankins actually, to his defense, he got B2 on that touchdown, but he had good coverage. Yeah. He had so good coverage. do I have to do this thing now where I prepare you that he's a true freshman and it's his first start and Tanner Lee could be an NFL quarterback and like when he gets Tanner smoked. Lee's, Tanner Lee's not an NFL Fine, quarterback. Fine, but when let's he, not, gets, when he has a mental or physical letdown on Friday. I fully anticipate Matt Hankins to have a mental and, and or physical And that totally letdown. means nothing and it means that it's good because he's getting him out of the way and he's get, that's part of the growth It's process. part of the growing process, yes. So I'm just setting that now so yes. we don't have another encounter no, okay. next week. You know, I got the Matt Hankins gets of my... beat when he gets beat because he's going to get beat. He's going to get beat. I'm just telling you, he's going to get beat. And I like him. I think he should play. I don't, whatever. We got this out of our... I think I got I got the real negative stuff out of my system yeah. in the first half of this podcast. Yeah. Love it or leave it, USA number one. The big debate, which was uh, the go for two. First of all, I want to be clear. The reason they lost this game was not that. Absolute, this was reason number 500 why they lost this game. Okay, so it didn't matter at all. That being said, I don't get it. I'm leaving what, what Kirk did going for two. I'm leaving it too. Why don't you just extend the game? I don't know. Do you do you understand it? I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I think so. You're leaving it. I'm leaving it as well. Yeah. In that situation, you have nothing to gain by getting the two point conversion right there, but you have everything to lose, or not nothing. You have very little to gain, but everything to lose. You kick the extra point right there. You get the extra point. Now your team has a shot. But if you go for two and you miss it, then the game's over, and your team's onside kicking for nothing. Yeah. So what? I don't understand why you would possibly again. Doesn't matter. I, do you think is there a card? Like is he somewhere? Like is he doing that by feel? I just hope that there's like a. I don't get. Did you hear anybody? I don't. I I don't even see the other side of that position. No, I don't. I don't no. logically see the other. Like I don't see why going for two makes any sense at all. Uh, well, I think what they said is you're going to have to go for two either way eventually. So you yes, might, but you, you might do as well it when the momentum is completely on your hey, side. I'm not making the yeah. argument. I'm explaining what the argument is. We got to talk about Nebraska. It's Nebraska Nebraska week. week. We have all of the fun of Nebraska, and then we have talking about the game. And I have a feeling I'm going to set you off again when we start talking about the game. So, which would you like to do first, Rick? Would you like to have the fun first or the fun second? Let's have the fun first. Okay. First of all, did you see what? Penn State did to our buddy Bob Diak. Demolished him. I checked in the, on my phone. It was halftime. Halftime. 440 yards and 25 first downs at halftime. How are you? Not great, Bob. Unbelievable. The last two games, they've given up 54 points to Minnesota and 56 points to Penn State. Now, you understand giving up that many points to Penn State, but giving that up to Minnesota... First time they've given up 50 points three times in a season since World War II. Black shirts. I have a scorpion story, Rick, about Bob Diaco. This has got to be Bob Diaco, yeah. Here we go. Are we ready to go, I'm ready. 
The fact of the matter is we're going to believe what we see, Diaco said. If you're someone in a negative way that is going to sting, then you're not going to get on our back and we're not going to swim you across the lake. The scorpion couldn't swim, but the frog could, he continued. He talked the frog into allowing him to get on his back. The frog said, you're going to sting me, why would I do that? The scorpion said, no, 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 I'm not going to sting you, I'm not going to sting you, why would I do that? We'll both drown if I sting you. And of course, halfway across, the scorpion stung the frog and they both drowned because that's what scorpions do. Here's where Diaco puts in his flavor. So there's just particular people that have displayed behavior that you need to believe it. We're not just going to let that person on our back and swim them across the lake, said Diaco. At the same time, if it's someone of a positive nature, doing positive things that's producing positivity, we're going to believe what we see there too. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! What does that even mean? This is what I'm saying, man. What is he even talking about? Uh, you had a good Nebraska joke. How many Nebraska fans does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. It would never happen. They'd all just stand around and talk about how great the old one was. <laughs> there we go. That's exactly right. That's not even a joke. That's just an accurate that statement. That is an accurate statement. That happens to be funny. Yes. <laughs> it's not even a joke, right? I have a couple more. Corn production statistics. They are the corn huskers. They pride themselves on the corn. We kick their ass in corn, I bet. Do you know who's first in America in corn production? Illinois. Iowa. Iowa. Number one. Do you know who's not number two? Nebraska. Nebraska. It's Illinois number two, Nebraska number three. So they're not even good at producing corn. And they're the corn huskers. Last one. That's what I think the trophy should be. Did I say this earlier or did I just say corn? this when off the air? I think it should be a big corn gob and we should take away what they hold dear and what they think is dear to them. Yeah, I love Take it, it away. Rip it out of their hands. I like it. One more. Somebody on Facebook put a party and it's called the Mike Riley Farewell Ice Cream Party at <laughs> Memorial Stadium and invited people out to it on Facebook and put a picture of James Taylor. Not Mike Riley. James Taylor? Because he looks exactly like Mike he Riley. He does look like Mike Riley. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, this picture. So at this point, Nebraska fans are trolling their own coaches. You so, see their uh, AD came out and said that he wants to see Iowa get back on their Black Friday schedule. You know the Big Ten Of course he out? does. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what Plan Sick Day said? No. Call Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's all I had for Nebraska. Do you have any? We're going to check with Ron, see if he has any. Yeah. We have to take issue with him, actually, by the way. Uh, a picture was discovered of yes. him. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet out the that. picture. Yeah, there's a picture that's questionable that we're going to have to get to the bottom of. Picked a click, so we embarrassed ourselves yet again. I picked uh, Miguel Racinos. <laughs> so we figured this out. We've had one good pick to click. Between us, right? Yeah, well, you're losing, is all I know. Um, <laughs> it's not the only thing I'm losing at, but this, so, we'll get there. So, you took Anthony Nelson. Anthony Nelson. And he did, didn't do much. And Racinos didn't do Anthony much. Anthony Nelson, let's let's call it what it is. He did nothing. Yeah. He had zero tackles. Yeah. So, we're going to call that another wash. Yep. So, we're going into, we got two more with the, well, maybe if we make the bowl game, we got two more. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Well, Who are you taking? I haven't even thought about this yet. I'm going to go with Matt Hankins. It might be why you're losing. Matt Hankins. It's the guy we just said is going to get beat. Matt Hankins. You just picked the guy you just told yep. me was going to get beat. Yep. Do you know who I'm taking, Rick? And I've been waiting. I, taking, I know you're taking. I have, I've been waiting to do this for weeks. I'm going to take Thorpe finalist Josh Jackson against Tanner Lee. I so like it. This is where we put Because Tanner's going to get, they're going to get stupid. They're going to throw at him. So, I'm taking Josh Jackson. You're taking Matt Hankins. We're taking both. You, both need, you need to win. You need to win. I do. We're going to talk one more thing about Nebraska. What do you, how do we win the game? What do you see happening? What's the key matchup? I mean, we've talked about this. I think it's it's showing up. I, I mean, I was looked lost the last two weeks. Like, since they really crescendoed and peaked against Ohio State, and then they've looked lost and broken and beaten and not, you know, no confidence at all over the last two weeks. They need to come in, know that they're a better team, and they're going against a team in Nebraska that's might be the only team in the country that's like, seems not the only team have, in the country, but the team that's so broken. Seems to have quit. Seems to have quit on yeah. the season. And Iowa just needs to get fired up, show up, and kick their ass because they can. 
And, it, you know, we've been saying this all year. The running It needs to start with the running game. N- Nebraska's gotten gashed in the running game. Oh, destroyed. Uh, they're... North Texas and Illinois are rated higher in rush defense than Nebraska. North yeah. Texas and Illinois. So they just need to get – they need to establish the running game. Maybe – I don't know. Yeah. They just need to show – Well, up. that's what I wrote down. So I, I'm going to talk about two things with this game quickly. One is, if you want to talk about real football side of it, I think they need to run the ball because that's what everybody's – I think they need to pass the set up the run. We talked about this. Pass on first down, set up the run. I don't. I usually have been agreeing with you, but I think this Nebraska rush defense is so bad that I that that's we just need to be able to. Run we just it. line up. I think. I think so. Play the game in a phone booth and just. Um, run. The other, you know, the other thing I think is a big matchup is Tanner Lee against Matt Hankins and Ojemudi and Regumbo, whoever the Nickelback is. Right, if they're in nickel, Josh Jackson's probably not going to get picked on, and if no. he does, it's probably not going to go no. well for Nebraska. Yeah. That being said, if they do what the, what Purdue did and go over the top, and we don't have safety help and we don't adjust, that one's a big one for me. So we got to cover outside of Jackson. We have to cover, and then I think we have to run it. Now that's football. What I'm saying is that's the football side of it. Now what I'm going to tell you is this is college sports, and let me just give you a horror scenario. And if I, I, I don't, I, I literally shouldn't You've even You've seen do how this. volatile I am today. Well, Rick, but this is, I just, okay. If I was Bill Moose, new athletic director, here's what I do. I walk into that locker room at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I fire Mike Riley in front of the team and say he's going to coach the game, and this is the going out party, have fun. You're playing for your coach. No, you're not just, playing for your coach. Just, he's going to create an emotional, like, oh, we're going to now the kids think they're playing for the coach. Now Mike Riley's going to pull every fucking play out of the playbook, are going to be running shit they would have never run. And all of a sudden, we're just going to get rolled or beat based on the fact There's that no it means nothing. That. I didn't say they would. I said, if that's I was Bill Moose, that's what I would do. Get him all motivated. Get it all you publicly crazy. execute him. In no, front I mean, of his I team sorry, then... publicly was wrong. I meant in, so the team knows. Not, you know, that, hey, he's out, but today he's going to coach the game and just create an environment because they're bad. They're not even going to be – I mean, aren't they four and – Right now they're four and seven. So they're not going to be bowl eligible oh, no, no what. No, no matter what. No. Yeah. Twist bowl. They weren't bowl eligible <laughs> two weeks ago. Wake yeah. up, bro. Yeah. Come on. Um, so, I don't know. Be, as for the game, again, and the other thing with this game is don't turn the ball over. Yep. Tanner Lee's probably going to give us one. Let's Let's not give it back. So that's that's our Nebraska take along with our Nebraska. Yep. All right, Rick, it's time. Your Christmas present has arrived. Uh, before we talk to Ron, I did get a chance to chat with him last week a little bit. And what he's doing now is uh, really interesting. So he's with Kaluzi Kicking, which you can find at kaluzikicking.com. You can email them at info at kaluzikicking.com. It's hard to find quality training for place kicking and punting, especially with a coach who will give you full attention and cares about your growth as a person as well as a kicker. Uh, That's why Kaluzi Kicking exists. He wants to bring out the very best in every student athlete by utilizing hands-on training, video analysis, and marketing, which he'll get into here in a bit. He wants to provide you the resources to perfect the kicking game and play at the level you want to play at. So, again, what better way to learn how to punt than from an Iowa punter? So if you have nieces, nephews, cousins, you want to get them a Christmas present, you know, they're looking to get into sports, whatever it may be, your high school, college, need some help, uh, think Kaluzi Kicking. Again, kaluzikicking.com, info at kaluzikicking.com. And I've already talked to Roderick. My son Will will be getting signed up as soon as he's physically able to kick a ball. So let's go. All right, I'd like to welcome on to the podcast uh, Ron Kaluzzi, a man who needs no introduction. I was punter last year. Big fan, Ron. Thank you for taking the time. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. We got a lot of, there's been a lot of questions that I've wanted to ask Ron Kaluzzi since he burst on the Iowa scene. So, so I've been, I've been looking, I've been looking for it. Yeah, Ron, my first question for you is, have you ever been a Christmas present before? <laughs> because you are one now. Exactly. <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've ever been a Christmas present, but last year uh, at Iowa, we did something as a team where we would give each other Christmas gifts, and you'd have like a secret Santa, mm-hmm. and they're they're all like gag gifts, right? They're all just just funny funny jokes as gifts. And C.J. Bethert was my uh, secret Santa, nice. and he Wait, ended up getting. You got that? him gifts, or he got you gifts? 
He got me gift. I had, okay. I had somebody else. Anyways, I remember CJ, he had me, and he got me a pair of, like, uh, Speedos for uh, the bowl game at the Outback Bowl. So he's like, dude, you got to wear these or or else. I'm like, what does that mean? So me and Keith Duncan kind of embraced it, and we, we wore it at the beach when we were down in Florida. So you and Keith Duncan just both just racked some Speedos one day? Oh, yeah. Who looked better? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm looking a little bit more bulky. I'd say I was. <laughs> no, no, or nobody wins in that situation? No, we both look stupid. <laughs> Funny. Um, so one thing we wanted to touch on, Ron, was how, how you got to Iowa, right? So you're at Central Michigan, and why Iowa? What's what's the, the story to get here? Yeah, uh, you know, when I was at Central Michigan, there's part of me that just kept going back to my childhood when I'd watch football with my dad and and thinking, I want to play on the biggest stage possible. And the Big Ten was something that I always wanted wanted to, to do and, and take on. I knew I had the talent for it because I would go to camps all over the country. And I'd be keeping up with guys that were in the SEC or the Big Ten or the ACC. Um, and I just really wanted to, to move forward in another direction where you know I had a lot of people... Um, counting on me and rooting for me and and the fans at Iowa are just unbelievable everyone is super friendly but you know the how it came about I didn't even know where Iowa was I didn't know how big of a program it was like I didn't grow up an Iowa fan like yeah. I didn't I didn't know um, about all the All-Americans that they've had or Jason Baker or, or nothing right I didn't know anything um but I just went back to what I did in high school and what I tell all my kids to do for Kaluzi kicking is to uh, get everybody's email at the D1 level. So 120 schools, you got 120 emails. But I just focused on the schools that I wanted to, to advance to, which was Big Ten, SEC, you know, the Pac-12 and the ACC. And I put my highlight tape together and I told my coach, hey, I need my release papers, I want to transfer. And he looked at me like I was nuts, but you know, it was something that I wanted to do, and I, I had a dream since I was a kid of playing in the Big Ten, and um, the three schools that responded were Ohio State, Kentucky, and Iowa. And you know, Iowa was like, dude, we, <laughs> we need some help, man, so can, <laughs> can you come on out? And um, it just kind of fell into place from there. Now, who was your principal contact uh, when you were being recruited there? Well, originally, I sent an email because, I mean, if you go on Iowa's website, you can't get Coach Parents' personal email or you can't get... Oh, we've Coach tried. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry. Personal <laughs> email. So it's like, all right, who do I contact? And I, I found every email I could between a, a secretary or director of football operations or player personnel. I sent it to everybody, right? Yeah. And... The only person that responded was uh, he was like the director of uh, uh, player personnel, yeah. and he he forwarded it to to Coach Wallace, and and Coach Wallace was on the phone with me maybe like twenty minutes after he saw my film, and he's like, "Who are you? You know, why do you want to transfer? What you know? Can we get you out here on a visit? What's what's going on?" And then they you know looked at my grades and went on a visit, you know, at the end of the season when they were done with the Rose Bowl and, and stuff like that. So it just all kind of fell into place. I, I got lucky. So we, we looked up some of your stats, okay? So we did some research, and we don't know how accurate some of this stuff was, so please correct us if we're wrong. But all right. <laughs> you got to Central Michigan. I think yes, your first start was against Michigan. Is that right? That is correct. And you guys lost 59-9. to yeah, who scored the only points? I was just going to say, you stole my line, Rod. Right? So I think you might have had all nine points. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how often do you talk about how you scored all nine points against Michigan? Because I would talk about it every fucking day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually, it's, it's, a, it's a funny story. People are always like, what was your favorite game that you ever played in? Because you got to play in some pretty big uh, atmospheres and some pretty big stages where it must have been unreal. And... To be honest, it was that Michigan game, the, my first career start as a, a redshirt freshman, because when I went to Central Michigan, you know, I was some rich kid from 
suburbs of uh, Chicago, Naperville, Illinois, and I was going completely out of my element to Mount Pleasant, Michigan, um, middle of nowhere, right? There's there's yeah. nothing around it. There's nothing to do in the town but play football and get in trouble. So, <laughs> you know, I, I ended up redshirting that year because the senior ahead of me was pretty good, and I uh, just focused on field goals at the time because that's what I wanted to do. That's what every kicker, that's what every punter really wants to do deep down is be the hero like Keith Duncan where there's three seconds left on the game and you hit a game winner. But leading up to that that game, I was actually second string. I was losing the job to uh, Matt Cotigula, uh, one of my competitors and uh, still good friends to this day. And, you know, I just wasn't hitting the ball well in camp, but I was the kicker on scholarship. And everyone was turning to me like, what's going on? Are you nervous? Are you, you know, you can't get the job. I had a lot of people counting me out and a lot of people putting me down. And I went into the coach's office the Thursday before that game. Um, so it's game week and it was the day before we would leave for, for the game. And I, I got in a, I was in a personal meeting with my head coach, Dan Enos, who's now the head or the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. And I stood up and got close to his desk and started pounding on the desk and started swearing at him and, and saying, hey, man, if you think I'm scared to play Michigan, then, you know, beep, 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 beep. I'm making it a little bit less colorful from what I said. But I basically just showed him I had the confidence to play in the big house, and I don't care what anybody said about me. I was going to do everything I could to make that kick for uh, my team and my coaching staff and and my fans. And, uh, so I ended up going in there, um, into the big house and leading up to it. I listened to the same song on repeat for two and a half hours straight. It was, uh, wake me up by Avicii. And when I, when I was out there, um, for my first field goal, you know, I don't remember hearing the crowd. I don't remember snap. I just remember, you know, the ball going through the uprights and, then I had to run off the field. When you're out there in that kind of environment, I don't really hear anybody. I don't really see anybody, and I, I kind of black out. It's, it's kind of unreal, but that's just what it is. Now, is it, you know, when you did field goal kicks, and even when you were punting and all that, is it always kind of like that, where you just get so, I think they call it like auditory exclusion, where you're so focused on what's going on in front of you that you kind of block out the crowd noise, you block out everything around you. Was it always kind of like that for you? Yeah, um... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've been doing this since I was um, eight years old, and I started focusing on kicking and punting, um, just strictly that instead of other positions or other sports when I was a, a junior in high school. And, you know, my coach always taught me that when you do something once, you can do it over again. But after you do it over and over and over again, it, it turns into what he calls muscle memory. And that's what I, that's what I tell my kids, you know, from Kaluzi kicking muscle memory kicks in and no matter what kick you're doing, whether it's an extra point in the first quarter or, you know, a chip shot, 35 yard field goal on the right hash or a game winner, 52 yard field goal off the left upright with two seconds left on the clock to go to the national championship. You have to treat every kick the same and let your muscle memory kick in and, you know, execute. Ron, do you play golf at all? I do, but I'm a horrible golf player. I, I kind of drink when I golf. Yes, as, as do we. But the only reason I bring it up is uh, good golfers, good putters, they say the exact same thing when they're putting really well, that it's just all, you know, it's completely blackout muscle memory that they don't, you know, they don't even have to think about it. Um, yeah. It's interesting. So 2013, that was 2013, right, that first year? Yeah. Do you know how many points you scored that year? I honestly don't. <laughs> 69. <laughs> I had to do it. Of course, you know. Also, we you get so you get to Iowa 2016. You, I think you had like the seventh or eighth most punts in the country um, last year. Did you know that? I did not. So this is what happens when we when we get my friends involved with this and they want to ask questions. Is they ask questions like, "Hey, did 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 he thank Greg Davis for making him get the eighth most, most punts in the country?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, on a more serious note, you got named uh, special teams captain, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So you were only there for, it couldn't have been what, more than six or seven months? 
Yeah, about seven months. So, can, I mean, that had to be, to me, that seems like an impressive, can you kind of talk about that a little bit and how that process came about? Yeah, I mean, it took me by surprise, absolutely. I had no idea that they thought that highly of me. Um, I went in there under the impression of keeping your mouth shut, working hard, and good things will happen. But I had no clue that <clears throat> I'd end up being a, a team captain for for special teams. Um, everybody that was on that team as a specialist, there were 12 of us all together. And when I went in there and you know took the job for punting, took the job <laughs> for kickoffs, and I was going to excuse me, burping up my protein shake I just had. I was going to um, kick field goals as well, but Keith Duncan started stroking the ball pretty well, and you know the rest fell into place. Um, they looked at me as uh, like my, my workout regimen, things I would do during practice, what I would do to watch film, and, and how to get better in the, in the classroom, and they kind of just started mirroring me, doing things that I was doing, and um, Miguel Racinos actually took my kickoff steps at one point, and some people were saying my mental cues that I would say before each kick, and the coaching staff kind of took notice of that. Like everybody was was mirroring what I was doing, and um, I was trying to do my best of doing my own thing, and I I did not want to to go in there and, and take anybody's job or or anything like that. I just went in there with the mentality of having fun and working hard and good things will happen. I had no clue that, you know, I would end up becoming a leader for, for the program and, and helping shape the guys for the years to come. Yeah. I mean, it obviously registered. Is there ever a situation or a punt returner where you just knew you were in trouble, right? Like the blocking scheme was bad. Um, whatever. The guy was too, too talented. Did it ever get in a situation where you just knew this isn't going to go well? that I knew it was going to go, it wasn't going to go well. No, there were returners that I faced like peppers from Michigan or the Rutgers returner with the dreadlocks or, yeah, that kid um, was lightning fast. Yeah. Uh, the university of Toledo, their, their punt returner was one of the best in the country. I think he's in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Um, when I got special teams player of the week for the Mac conference, when I was at CMU, my red shirt sophomore year, you know, all week, the coaches are yelling at you, like, don't kick it to this guy. Get it out of bounds. Get it high. Get it downfield. And when you yell at a punter or, to, or a kicker like that, they're just going to get nervous and you know freak out. And more often than not, they're going to shank it, and the returner's going to house the ball. But you know, I with how weird I am, there's a reason why I was so so funky with the media and 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 just idiotic with things I did throughout the day. And it was just because it helped me cope with all the pressure pressures of being a specialist, especially at the university of Iowa. You know, yeah. you got millions of people watching on TV, thousands in the stadium, social media at the fingertips of your hand. And if you do something stupid, like a somersault in the 30 yard line, people oh, are going to know about it. We're definitely, we definitely wanted to talk to you. <laughs> you're, you're basically reading our script to us. You know, you're oh, going, that's, that's, great. that's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm basically saying, guys, is you got to be a little bit messed up in the head and a little bit weird to be a specialist. You got to be different. And it's okay. It's okay to be different. You got to embrace it and, and just run with it. And that's exactly what I did. Well, kind of going on with that, there was one thing I wanted to ask you. I remember laughing real hard when I first read this about you. So last year, you carried around a football with you at all time, and you named it Naomi. Naomi, my Na girl. <laughs> like, how did that, like, how did you come up with that? Like, did it just kind of, you started carrying around a football, and you're like, oh, I think this looks like a Naomi. Okay, so um, Akram Wadley, what did he say in one of his recent videos, you know, to the press when it was him and his mom, and I think the Big Ten covered it, but it was basically, you know, the first time or opportunity he got to go into the game, he fumbled the ball. And yeah. he ended up carrying the ball all around campus to be comfortable with it. So when he was in the game, it was second nature to hold on to it, right? Mm -hmm. The same thing applies for, for a punter. Um, a punter has to have excellent hands. They have to be athletic. They have to uh, move their feet to get to the snap, mold the ball, and get it off before... 1.2 seconds from hand to toe and if you're not able to do that people 
you know, like Michigan are going to come in and clean your clock or block the punt. And um, for me, my first car ever was a Nissan Altima. It was a 2000. My dad got it for me as a scholarship president when I went to CMU, and I called it Naomi. And that thing was just a buzzer beater, man. Like, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't start sometimes. Like, like, some days would be great, you know, like getting me from A to B, and some days would be rough. And that's exactly what I thought punting was. And, you know, some days you're hitting the ball beautifully, and it's just like, wow, like, that's coming off my foot. You're reaching out to – to, to God and, and saying, wow, thanks. Like that was amazing. And then there's other days where you're looking up at the sky going, what the hell am I doing here? Right. Yeah. And that's why I called it Naomi. It kind of just fell into place. Like, this is my baby. This is my girl. I want to make sure that I treat her right. I'm doing drops around campus with her, making sure I feel comfortable. Cause when I went from CMU to Iowa at CMU, we used the, an Adidas rifle football. Mm-hmm. And then at Iowa, we used a Nike Vapor Elite. Completely different ball. And, you know, some people don't know, but Iowa used the newer Vapor Elite Nike football, which is horrible to punt. They used that this season. So the punters had to adjust to a brand new football a couple months before camp. And that's why I carried Naomi around, just to be comfortable with it. Because it was a new football, and I just knew if I was constantly doing drops whenever I could, I'd be prepared when it came to the game. Where is Naomi now? Oh, she's upstairs in my room. All sleeping. right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> just making sure she's okay. She's, a, she's in a case. She was signed by everybody on the team. That's awesome. That is funny. You know, you mentioned this. Now, John and I were both at the Michigan game last year, and uh, I think – where this happened on the field was pretty close to where we were sitting. Now, can you kind of, I guess, your thought process on your on your infamous what happened is what you're inf- saying, yeah, Ron. Exactly. He's trying to be nice. Your what infamous happened? tumble? <laughs> my screw up. Okay. Um, so let's see. My first punt of the game, I hit a bad punt, but it went out of bounds at the ten yard line, and everybody's clapping, and you know. They're all like, good job. And I'm thinking in my head, along with Jason Baker on the sidelines, like, wow, that was just the crappiest punt ever. He got lucky. (laughs) And so when I went out there for my next punt, which was the somersault, all I was thinking was hit a smooth ball, you know, nice and easy, get it downfield. And Tyler Kluver, my snapper, uh, he he gives me a high snap. And he was phenomenal. He is still phenomenal as a long snapper and um, never really misses his mark. But – at this moment of the game or this, this snap went high. So, you know, my five foot 11 short fat ass jumped up as high as I could and some miracle caught it, brought it down. And as I came down, I saw four Michigan players running at me. Two of them, you know, uh, got untouched by our blocking, which sometimes happens. It's no big deal, but I knew when they were coming at me, there was no way I'm going to get this ball off. When you do this for so long, it's kind of like instinct to either tuck it and go or get it off and try to punt it. And so I, I come down, I see them and I, I knew I couldn't start running to the left because they, they get me. I run like a five, five, 40 yard dash, right? These guys are like <laughs> four twos. And so I took two steps to the right, tried to juke them out. By some miracle, it worked. And then I take another step, and I'm so excited because all I see is green in front of me. And I see, I see Jim Harbaugh and his face dumped out. Going, what the hell is this kid doing? I'm, my heart's beating, right? And, and I mean, when does a punter ever really practice a, a fake punt, right? So I got a little bit excited, and it ended up my weight being too far forward. I tripped over my own feet, and... The only thing I could do was a somersault. Some Michigan player came across, cleaned my clock. I was I was concussed. I was dizzy. I couldn't even see my hands in front of my face. And Brady Brady Ross had to take me to the sideline. Um, and it was it was crazy. I I didn't think that that was gonna happen. I didn't know that you know. But but that's just being a punter. That's being a kicker. You kind of and have to anticipate the worst and. Um, hope for the best but 
in a way, it was the best thing that could have happened for me um, that game or happened to me that game because I was so anxious or I wouldn't say nervous. I was anxious to get out there and play, and, and that took all my butterflies away. So for the rest of the game, it was like, all right, you know, you've already made an ass of yourself on national television. <laughs> yeah. You're probably a meme or, yeah. you know, Twitter or Instagram feed all over the country. Just embrace it, though. Yeah. So once yeah. you had a concussion and were a gif, you were yeah. good. Yeah. So my, my, our listeners have a theory that they want you to use it as an excuse, okay? okay. They claim that Harbaugh uh, went out and put an extra couple layers of paint on the Big Ten uh, logo and that it was a little raised up and you tripped over and it was Harbaugh's fault. Yeah, I mean, we could say that. I, I kind of think there's a sniper and um, someone took my feet out. But that's, <laughs> now, no, really, earlier this year, who was it that uh, somebody, was it Tyler Kluver that tripped? Or who was it that you, you had a little fun with that got tripped up by the by the same line that you did? Oh, no, that was the uh, was it? The, Wy- the Wyoming punter. He whiffed Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that poor guy. Yeah. Hey, Ron, you, you mentioned fake. So one thing we noticed um, is that this year it seems like Iowa has a whole bunch of fakes that they're running. So is this something that they've always had and they're just only using in certain circumstances, or is this something that's kind of new with Kevin Spencer's arrival? It's kind of new with Kevin Spencer's arrival, you know, him being the special teams coach. Um, coach Ferentz has a lot of faith in him, and he's a great guy. He, he gave me a couple – you know, people to get in touch with about the NFL, and he evaluated my film, and, you know, he was like, how are you not in a camp or on a team right now? It's besides me, but um, he has brought a lot of new ideas to the table, and Coach Ferentz loves him and is running with it. I kind of wish he was there a year earlier so I can experience some of it, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be working. Did they have a fake that you wish you guys would have run last year that you didn't get a chance to? Like, did you have a back pocket one where you were hoping you were going to score a touchdown? I've always wanted to throw the ball. I've always wanted to throw the ball. And, and did you uh, tell Kirk? Well, no, no, I didn't, I didn't tell him. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> Putters stay in their lights. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one other thing in terms of what we saw last week, we noticed Nate Stanley does this little Ben Roethlisberger like pooch punt from the thirty. Yeah, well, CJ did it a couple. Yeah, times why last did they? Too. Why did you? Is that because they think they're going to get a look and maybe they're going to throw out of that? I guess I didn't understand. Just why doesn't the punter punt? I guess is the question. Okay, so when you play golf and you know you're, you're you got a par five hole, you're gonna drive it off the tee, you know, hit a ball you know, from the rough, then you have your short game, which is basically pooch punts, and then, um, you know, so on and so forth. But what I'm trying to say is there are many different kicks or many different swings um, in punting, like the rugby punt or the pooch punt or the traditional punt or the knuckleball punt or the banana punt. Um, there's many different things that you can do and pooch punts are more often than not the least practiced punt that, that, you know, not only like, I wouldn't say Iowa does, but just everybody, every punter doesn't put a lot of time into that because that's not what's going to get you on the field. That's not what's going to win you the job. So, um, when it comes to pooch punts, you know, it might be Colton or Ryan's not hitting the ball well in practice that week. Um, or, they like the fact when they're on fourth down that there's no returner back there and, you know, Nate Stanley or C.J. Beathard just has to tap it downfield and more often than not, they're going to get lucky and it's going to go inside the 10. Um, but for me, pooch punts was something that I wasn't great at and they used the advantage of having no returner out there and putting C.J. out there. So um, that's my take on it. You know, I don't think it's – I think it's just less practiced and – um, some something that needs to get uh, more attention to by just punters in general. But I think they love the fact that there's no returner back there and they can kind of tap it down there. Now, is that something – I know um, we're going to talk more about Kaluzi kicking, but is that something you work on with your guys where you, you'll focus on maybe those little things like the pooch punt that doesn't get as much attention even though you know is an important part of the game when you get to a part of the field? Is that something you focus on with your guys? Yeah, yeah, that's something that's very important because pinning a team deep can completely flip the momentum of the game, like the Michigan game last year when 
I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. It's just I got lucky. You know, the ball um, ended up rolling at the two-yard line, and then we got a safety off of it, and it completely flipped the momentum of the game, and we came back and, and won. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a huge part of the game that a lot of people don't really uh, notice or talk about. More often than not, the announcers don't really give credit to the punters when they do stuff like that. Uh, yeah. It is what it is, but, you know, it's very important. Now, we've mentioned that Michigan game a couple of times, and that that's actually – that was an interesting – game from a punting perspective for a lot of reasons. As you said, you had that kick that went out at the 10. You had that one you rolled down to the 2. There was also, wasn't it back-to-back plays with running into, was it running into the punter? Didn't you get hit like twice in a row? Yeah. 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 So that was a trippy, that was a trippy game. That, there, nice pun there, trippy game. As he trippy, trips over trippy. I, did, I didn't even mean Jeez. to do that. I didn't know just beating him up over here, Rick. Just keep beating him up. <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's good. That, that would have been a good uh, title for an article. You should send that to the uh, the Daily Iowa. I think I miss, I think yeah. I missed my call. Go. Shouldn't have went to law school and wasted all that money. Um, <laughs> uh, what one thing we both kind of wanted to ask you is, you know, we see the coach speak side of Kirk. And like hear about Chris Doyle and anything. Any good any good like Doyle or Kirk stories that you can you can share with us? Um there's a million of them. I mean I was only there for seven months, but I have a lot that I remember and all of them bring smiles to my face. Like those guys are uh first class all the way, but you know, they, they love what they do. And that's why they're they're they've been there for eighteen years, going on nineteen years. They they, they grind every day. They put everything that they have into it. Um, every decision that they make revolves around uh, being a, a good person first and then uh, a good husband and then a, a good coach and so on and so forth. But I guess if I had to think of the best memory, um, okay, so I had to lift with the freshman when I got there, right? because I was new, mm-hmm. and Coach Doyle has like five different phases to his workout program, and since I came in there new, he didn't know what to expect from me, so he stuck me in with the freshmen because, you know, it's um, phase one. So, you know, I'm, I'm, we're about a month and a half, two months in, and it's summertime, it's hotter than balls, and we're in the weight room, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can't wait to go back to sleep, but... <laughs> <laughs> every every you know day when we would have lifting or, or whatever coach Doyle would walk up and down the lines where people would be warming up and he'd just be talking to everybody like hey how'd you get a 58 on your test or you know uh what's your girlfriend's name again or you know, he would know everything about anybody and everybody like that guy is so smart it's not even funny yeah. but he came up to me one time and he goes hey Ron what do we think and I didn't know how to respond to that. I just started laughing and, and, and I'm like, what, how do you, what, what, <laughs> you know? And, and to me, it was just the funniest damn thing I ever heard a coach say to me. Cause I've, you know, heard a lot of like things where people are trying each other, testing you. And, um, like it was just completely out of the blue and it made me laugh so hard. I ended up dropping my weight, you know, whatever we were doing with the workout and, and, uh, having to regroup myself but yeah that was probably my favorite coach Doyle memory coach Ferentz my favorite memory for from him uh would have to be whenever we would be um in the team room and he would come out and talk and he'd always have uh, a great story and life lesson so he'd have a great life lesson and, and a story to, to back it up and why we should be doing this or we should, should be doing that and Learned a lot from him, um, not only as a, a coach, but but a man. He's a good dude. Yeah. Just a couple more lighthearted ones. Who who was the craziest dude on the team last year and why? The craziest dude on the team last year? Uh, I would have to say Drake Kulik. <laughs> a fullback. Imagine that. that ass. <laughs> he's, he's like a kamikaze, man. You can tell him to run through a wall and he'd be like, all right, let's do it, you know? <laughs> He was the one that he broke his was it was him that broke his leg at the uh at the Nebraska game, right? And was just like yep, getting the team yep. jacked up on the way, like getting carted off the field. That guy's nuts, man. He's he's a good time, he's a great guy, but you know, you gotta be a little crazy to play fullback, um, especially at Iowa, because they really count on you for the running game as a fullback. Yeah. But 
no, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. We'll just say that. Um, it is Neba- it is Nebraska week, so we have a little um, segment called Nebraska, where we try to make fun of our neighbors to the west. I was on your Twitter page, and I I sent you this text. I I saw. I didn't realize that, but John just spent the last like two days just creeping on every part of your yeah. life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did find a picture of you in a cutoff. Let's call it a flannel shirt and a Nebraska hat. So I guess we need to get to the bottom of this one. Okay, so my best friend's name is Corby Kobus. He lives in uh, Macomb, Michigan, but he was my roommate at Central Michigan. You know, the first day I met him, I go into his room. We were going back to his place to get something because we were going to go out. And I go in there, and there's nothing but nebraska stuff all over his his room like there's nadamican sue there was big red everywhere husker this husker that the, the n and i'm thinking to myself okay this is a little weird thought he's from michigan turns out he was from nebraska like uh lincoln nebraska area and he grew up there until he was eight and his dad was the biggest nebraska fan ever so he grew up a nebraska fan and every year at central michigan for the football team, we had a, a white trash bash uh, party. <laughs> now so, we're getting to where we wanted yeah, to now, get now, to. Now we're <laughs> yeah, so we'd have a white trash bash party, and Corby um, loved Nebraska so much, and he said, "Ron, we got to dress up as a Nebraska farmer, and you know, do do it. We got to do it." So I was like, "All right, dude, I don't care." And um, he got me a hat and some shirt that was probably two sizes too small, and couple beers later, um, we, were, we were good to go. So, But we do not support Nebraska, is what I'm hearing. Just wanted to make sure. We do not support Nebraska, that is correct. And do you have, a, is, between you and your buddy, is there like a bet this weekend? Or, I mean, is this a pretty intense weekend between the two of you? If you go on his Facebook, <laughs> you will see a profile picture for the last three weeks of the head coach for Nebraska. What's his name? Mike Riley. <laughs> You was, you'll see Mike Riley, and the caption on the photo says, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Corby, Corby can't wait for that guy to be replaced. You know, He grew up a huge Nebraska fan. He's told me they haven't had this bad, this bad of a record since 1961. So he's encouraging, encouraging them to lose so the um, athletic director makes, makes some changes. Yeah, Ron, I don't think he makes it through Friday, to be honest with you. No, not a yeah, chance. Yeah. Alcoholic beverage of choice. Oh, um, well, I'm a kicker and a punter, so Zima. pretty much, pretty much any. <laughs> um, no, Corona. I actually like Corona. Corona. Uh, yeah, I don't really like Bud Light or any of that kind of kind of stuff. I'm I'm done with college and I'm growing up a little bit, so I actually like to taste my beer when I drink it. Yeah. So speaking of being done with college, do you want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing now with the kids? Yeah, that's cool. So. As soon as I got done playing at Iowa and had a couple NFL tryouts, I wanted to stay close to the game because there's so much knowledge in my head, not only about kicking or punting, but just the recruiting process and football in general, life lessons that can be learned from football. And so I started my own company. It's called Kaluzi Kicking, and I'm having a blast with it. You know, I'm sending out uh, mass emails every day. I've partnered up with uh, a couple different people like Mule, um, one of my buddies that played at North Carolina State. He started his own clothing brand and he's made some hats and shirts for me. Um, you know, I'm doing virtual lessons online. So if somebody wants to go over their film, I can tell them what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. I had one this morning at 10 o'clock and then I had another one two days ago. Uh, his name is Ben uh, Zorik and he's from Nebraska. So speaking of the devil of Nebraska, but um, yeah, I started my own company and it's kind of just taken off. I got a guy writing blogs for me. I kind of pretty much tell him what to write, but he makes it sound intelligent because <laughs> I'm not that I'm not that intelligent. Um, Could he help us sound more intelligent? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Just Might charge you a couple couple bucks here and there for some beer money, but no, it's uh, it's taken off. I'm having a, a great time um, watching it grow and. More importantly, I, I just love giving back. You know, I'm I'm working with some kids in the weight room right now, and um, seeing them grow and, and mature as young adults, it's it's fun for me. Now, how have you liked the transition um, into coaching? You you have enjoyed doing it? Oh yeah, um, 
tremendously. I'm actually going to reach out to D3 schools that are nearby right now and start there and get my, my uh, feet in the water so I can be a private consultant. My dream is to go from college to college, um, shaping their specialists in the right way and um, helping out the special teams because more often than not, when uh, a coach you know, is, at a, is at a university or a high school, they don't know anything about kicking or punting, and they tell the guy to put their head down and swing away like golf, and it's just ridiculous. Like if you've never done it, you probably don't know anything about it. So I want to I want to change that. I want to go around and help out schools um, improve their kicking game. Well, that's awesome. And then also, Ron, you do some uh, you do some real estate stuff off to the side too. Any of our listeners in the Chicago area? I don't know if you want to give a quick plug for the real estate biz. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm also selling real estate in the Naperville area, so the greater Chicago land, um, with my dad. My dad's been in the business for 30 years, and he's pretty much a walking encyclopedia when it comes to real estate, and I've learned a lot from him and continued to uh, get my head kicked in every day. But it's been a fun uh, transition into uh, the workforce and learning how to serve people the right way when it comes to their more often than not their biggest investment in life and that's that's their home so yeah if you are looking for some help you can reach out to me on uh, me and my dad's websites ronkaluzi.com pretty simple he's got the same name as me I'm that made it easy yeah. yeah so that's why I'm falling into it we really want to thank you for your time, man. Uh, this has been a lot of fun for us. I know uh, Ricky is a—he's an Iowa fan through punning and through, so it's punning and well, fullbacks. So. You know that—that's what he's here for. So, uh, sweet, yeah, we really hit hit it home for him. So, thanks a lot, man. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! Na 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 na. Go Hawks!